0: Okay, Not, I don't have a face for TV, nor do I have a voice for radio, <laughs> so good luck listening to this. We shouldn't start there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Life and Rhythm podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven.
0: Hey, welcome to the Life and Rhythm podcast. I'm your host.
1: Adam Everett. Adam Everett. And I'm Matt Fogle.
0: Matt Fogel. Adam, you what's are, your title? Oh, oh I beat you to it. Dang
1: it. We're just gonna test out our titles on the podcast. We're gonna come up with a new title for what we do every week. What's yours this week?
0: So uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking grand here. So it's the chief operating <laughs> officer of missional development <laughs> and church planning coordination. Wow. Wow, There it is.
1: <clears throat> man, that's fantastic. Mine's pretty simple. Uh, you know my desire to be a monk. <laughs> so instead of an abbot, you know, because the abbots are kind of like in charge of the monastery, mm. I just want to be called Father, Father Fogel. Wow. That's my title. Father Fogel. Father Fogel. I like that. Thanks, man. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. appreciate that. What are we talking about today?
0: Well, we're going to continue on our journey through the Disciple Making Movement Pathway. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about Extraordinary Prayer and Fasting. Yes. And now we're going into living as a missionary. And what does that mean, Matt?
1: Yeah. I I wonder how many people listening to this actually see themselves, not necessarily as missionaries, but the root of that word, which means sent. Mm. How many people listening to this that are just everyday, ordinary followers of Jesus, you know, who are being changed by him, and are committed to his mission. I wonder mm. how many of them actually see themselves as sent. You know, based on John 20, where Jesus says, As the Father sent me, as the Father sent me, in the same way. I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Yeah. And I growing up personally, I saw this missionary lifestyle reserved for people who are super Christians, first off, and were leaving the United States. Like
0: missionary. Uh, yeah, going away from yeah. the United States, going somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So we want to redefine that. Absolutely. And talk about what does it look like for every single one of us to live into our Christ likeness is if he's being sent. So so we are sent in the power mm-hmm. of the spirit. That's massive. We got to mention that it's, it's not just on our own, but in the power of the spirit, as we've been yeah, growing man. in our character and our calling, mm-hmm. how can we be sent? Mm-hmm. And where are we
0: sent to? Yeah, man, you know, it's, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but something that just popped in my head when you were saying that is, I think it's a redefinition of how we view ourselves. But just as you were saying, like it's also how we view others. And how we view ourselves matters a great deal yep. and the way in which we live out a missionary life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If we view ourselves or view the way in which we're doing that as a checklist, we're just succumbing to the pattern of legality <laughs> just rewriting that whole checklist mentality of I have to do this in order to achieve something or be something instead of I get to do this. And it's a freeing thing that, that as we talk about it through Matthew 11, that it's custom fit for me. Mm -hmm. The, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That yoke is, is fit for you and what God is calling you to, but it's out of your character. If your character is a zero and we talk about this with the Casey underground guys, they mentioned um, in this next episode, you guys are, you'll hear about this, but character times calling equals impact. If my character is a zero mm-hmm. times, my calling is a 10. What is my impact? Zero. Zero. <laughs> wasn't great medication. at math, but there it is, <laughs> you know? And so we have to, we have to really, it's an inward to outward mentality of being sent. But the other thing that's coming to my mind is how I view other people and other people are not my possessions or mm. They're not my project. That's right. And bro, like we've seen that time and time again where out of our insecurities, we are collecting people as possessions. How many people do I have following me? Mm. How many people do I have in my blank, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is that we're aiming toward or our initiative. And man, you start to ask these questions to people and it's like, man, you've made this all about you. Yeah. And not about the kingdom. Yeah. And not about the grace and the love of the Father. And the other piece of that is projects. You know, if if the question that I often ask is if you learned that if you had this magic ball or, or you know, could tell the future and you and you knew that ex-neighbor or friend was never going to come to Christ, would it change the way that you love them? Hmm. And if the answer is yes, that's more of a heart issue for you than it is. You know, and and I think we have to pause on that and say, okay, God, where am I at with this? And how do I perceive myself? And then how do I look at and and view other people?
1: Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's good. I want to also just start by saying, not only in John 20 does Jesus say, you know, I'm sent, so therefore you're sent, Mm -hmm. but the sending goes all the way back even to the first book in the Bible, Genesis 12. You and I talk a lot about this that God, you know, and in, in the midst of rebellion, when Adam and Eve turned from, from him in sin and decide to go their own way, he's the one who then comes to them on the other side, pursues them in a relationship with them, works through Noah, we all know the story of the flood, all the way through the Tower of Babel, and just the earth is going nowhere. And, you know, human ingenuity is just leading to more evil, more evil, more evil. And then in Genesis 12, there's this, there's call to, to a family, to Abraham and Sarah And God comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you Mm. so that you can be a blessing to all nations. And that through you, there's this prophecy of Jesus coming that one day all nations are going to be blessed through your family, Abraham. So even tying it back into the Old Testament, I want us to understand that our identity is deeply rooted in this sentness. Yeah, and it's and it's because that's who God is. Because God so loved the world that He sent, yes, His Son. That's a part of who He is, and so therefore, if we're to live, you know, the shalom, peace filled life that we're called to live in Him, then we will also live into that sentness, yeah, absolutely. that sacrificial love, going wherever He's going, trying to be a blessing. So let's walk through that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We
1: use the acronym Bless to talk about missional rhythms. And, and so, there. Yeah. And what
0: I was going to say just with that is it, it's as natural as breathing. And so, we're actually going to talk about this from a breathing in and breathing out perspective that, you know, we don't count our breaths. At least I hope you don't. That'd be weird. Throughout the day. Um, that would be burdensome. I mean, that would be, yeah, you talk about anxiety. Holy cow. You know, that would be really um, a task at hand. But, you know, we don't do that in the same way as we are designed to be sent. We shouldn't count these things that we're doing, but this is a natural way in which we are doing it in corp- in uh cooperation with the Father and what he's doing. So we've we've already walked through that first those first questions. So begin in prayer. Yeah. The breathe in is exactly what we talked about with the extraordinary prayer and fasting is is praying. Jesus, where are you at work? And Father, how can I join you? Yeah. What would you say about just the breathing in part of that, the aspect of that?
1: I would say the more we can interact with God in our everyday life with that prayer, the more effective we will be in bringing heaven to earth. So basically, the less we can depend on our own flesh, uh, even on past experiences or knowledge, the more we can depend on the Holy Spirit in that moment and really grasp, Jesus, where are you at work Mm. as I'm making dinner for my wife and my kids? And how can I join you in this? Because the way that I'm setting the table for dinner matters to you. Mm -hmm. And I can bring heaven to earth in this moment, or I can just mindlessly like a zombie go through this moment unconscious Mm -hmm. and not have any kind of delight whatsoever. So I would just say to that, that there's every moment is just teeming with delight if we would enter into it in that way.
0: Yeah. And so that's the breathing in portion of being in prayer. The breathing out then is, is praying for the people in our life. And that example is a beautiful example of how can I pray for, my wife and my kids as I'm preparing the table and yeah. what ways is God leading me to pray for them Yeah, as I listen to the Holy Spirit leading, as I do something as simple as, you know, cooking dinner or getting ready for school in the morning or yeah. any of those types of things.
1: Yeah. And I would just challenge whoever's listening to this to consider when somebody tells you something hard that's going on in your life, whether that be a friend or a family member or even a complete stranger, like a couple of weeks ago, somebody at our gym Mentioned to me that they were going through a they had a really hard day. Mm. So I could in that moment, like most Christians, say, ah, oh, that's too bad. Or if I'm really bold, say, I'll pray for that. And in that moment, mm-hmm. it's just kind of we're stepping into a spiritual conversation here. Or you can I asked this woman, you know, how would you mind if I prayed for you right here mm. in the gym amidst amidst all these other people? And I said, Or we could step outside if you'd like, if that'd make you more comfortable. Yeah. And she broke down, dude, and like talked for another hour. And I missed some of the workout, (laughs) (laughs) which was great. Um, But I would just say this breathing out. I think sometimes as Christians, we're tempted to say, I'll pray for you. Why not just do it right there out loud? Like why, when you come home from work, for instance, this is one of the practices I've done over and over again. I've had a hard day and I wait in my car before I go inside and I pray for my family. God, give me the courage to enter into tonight. Give me the energy. And then I come in and my kids are just, Blasting me with questions mm-hmm. and thoughts and needs. And sometimes I will legitimately just kneel down and say, You know, Jack, my 10 year old buddy, I had a hard day. Would you pray for me mm. right now? Your dad needs some prayer, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll make him pray for me <laughs> in that moment, or I'll just kneel force down. Him. Yeah, force him the forced rhythms of grace. <laughs> uh, and he'll, you know, lay hands on me. He, and he's just so gracious in that. But I just, like you said earlier, this can be such a natural thing. It doesn't have to be forced. It can no. be like breathing in, breathing out. No, that's
0: good. All right. So we go from begin in prayer to the L, which is listen and engage. Yep. The breathing in on this is listening to people in your life and asking intentional questions. Yeah. Man, we live in a society where we, and I, dude, guilty. Like,
1: we can both raise our hand.
0: Wow. How many times have I just sat and listened to somebody? Not give advice.
1: Mm, Not try to fix it. Try to fix it. How are you growing in that? How is the spirit growing Adam Everett in these days in how to listen?
0: Well, I I think it comes from a a posture of curiosity. Like I, you know
1: It's a great word. I'm
0: 34 years old and I don't know it all. Like (laughs) I gotta be reminded I am reminded of that every day, especially doing this new adventure. Like very humbly. Very, very humbling. I don't have it all together. I don't know it all, and so just this posture of curiosity, of getting to know, and almost like a, I'm very competitive, so almost like, almost like a competition within myself of like, how many questions can I ask before <laughs> mm-hmm. they ask me a question?
1: That's good. That type of thing. I so in my spiritual direction training, I can thank Tim Reist and Deer Dre uh, from Willow Creek there. When they were teaching me how to listen as a spiritual director, one of the phrases they used over and over again that I want to encourage y'all to try is let silence do the heavy lifting in a conversation. So you may ask a question and somebody gives a response. I am always just amazed when you give when somebody answers and you just pause. Yeah. And let them say whatever they're going to say next how the holy spirit can move in that moment. Where you're like, when you're not no. even directing the conversation with your questions, but you're just yeah. listening. You're yeah. literally waiting on, what are they going to say next? Yeah. And personally, anybody who knows me knows I don't bounce, in, in a, even in a house party, I don't bounce from conversation to conversation. I would rather have one 200-foot deep conversation than 20 10-foot deep conversations. Yeah. And so drill deep into these conversations. Really engage and listen and ask, God, what are you up to? in this conversation.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I'm also thinking about our friend, Mike Rutledge, who... Who, Mike. Uh, shout out to Mike. Um, you know, he uh, he walked us through the Dale Carnegie Institute uh, practices, and a big part of this is is listening. Um, and, you know, I'm also reminded of this. This is not a one one-stop shop or a one once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to listen to somebody. You don't have to get... Their whole life story in one take. It, it is a, you're building this over time. Yeah. And so you're not going to go right into some of these deep uh, conversations or questions initially. Uh, you know, you're asking very simple questions of like, hey, where are you from? Like, what's your hometown? Or yeah. what are your hopes? Um, what are the things that you aspire for? And what are some things that you're seeing in and through your, your home or whatever it may be? Like, but you're starting off like very surface level and then you're just asking some simple questions along the way. And then you're, you know, eventually getting into, you know, what are your, what are your fears? What are some things that you're walking through, you know, that that are troublesome in your life and and you're also unearthing a lot of things that are um, going on in their life that you can unpack.
1: Yeah. I remember this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a uh, pastor in Germany, lived during the Holocaust and He said, the greatest gift that one sibling in Christ can give to another sibling is the gift of listening. Mm. And how beautiful would it be if the church, the people of God was known for how we carefully listen and hold a safe place for people to really be vulnerable and authentic amongst us. And as they do, the breathe out then is engage relationally. Mm-hmm. With those people in places. So I see you, Adam, and your wife doing this extremely well in your neighborhood, specifically and at the gym. But man, your wife is a hospitality wizard when yes. it comes to engaging people around her. So is mine. And they both, they both do an incredible job mm-hmm. welcoming the stranger into our home or into our lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about listening to someone saying, Oh, great story. See you later. It's about then engaging.
0: Yeah, so that's the breathe out. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think this is where you, you know, it's not a matter of what you want or feel comfortable in doing. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's like... I'm going to love you the way that I want to love you.
1: Oh, dude, I'm just thinking of my neighbor. I hope he listens to this, Jason. Because the first time I started to get to know him, and I he was doing all sorts of house renovations, and we were just becoming friends. And he was tearing down, I don't know why, never even asked him why, all of his palm trees. And then one day he came out, he was like, hey, man, talk about engagement. You want to come help me tear down these palm trees? <laughs> the suckers were big. Yeah, and so we're like holding this rope around this tree and pulling it down and, and truthfully like those house projects I've helped him with or carrying in new furniture or toilets or whatever into his house those are the things that have bonded Jason and I together is how we've become friends and like you said earlier Jason's not a project for me he's legitimately my neighbor he's become a good friend but through listening and engaging yeah like just and, and a lot of it has been I mean I got sawdust all over me that day Praise God. It's kind of fun, but it's messy. When we do that, it's messy. Absolutely, it's it's not going to be convenient.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you hit it right on the head by saying the engagement is a deeper relationship. Mm. You're becoming more and more friends, yeah. and you know that's that's the beauty of listening and engaging with people. What's the next one?
1: Eat. This is one of my favorites. It might be my favorite if yeah. I can say that over prayer. But the son of man came (laughs) eating and drinking with sinners. It says that. So yeah, breathe in on eat is just eat with your community, you know, the people that you're in discipling relationship with. Mm -hmm. And then the breathe out is simply eat with people that you don't know yet and get to know them. Mm -hmm. So Michael Frost in his book, Surprising the World, just has a one-to-one ratio once a week. So Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want with this, but he says a a good rule of life or a good rhythm would be would be start at a place where you're just having an intentional lunch or breakfast or dinner with somebody who's currently following Jesus once a week in your community that you're a part of discipling relationship with. Mm -hmm. And then one other person this week that's not in the church that doesn't believe yet because the son of man didn't just come to eat and drink. He came to seek and save the lost and to serve. And so what would it look like for us to intentionally orient our schedules Mm -hmm. around eating with people? And some of us, we get freaked out when we think about evangelism. What if your view of evangelism was just eating and drinking? Sharing with a meal. Sharing a meal. Yeah. What if your witness was more about who you are than a pre-scripted gospel message? Yeah, dude. What, what if the good news was really coming through who you are in that moment, eating and drinking, rather than just your words? And I dude, think proclaiming is yeah. a big deal. No, absolutely. But just eating and drinking with people. Jesus yeah. models that over and over again to the point where people call him a drunkard. Yeah. So,
0: no, you know, I think um, yeah, there's so much we can talk about with this. There's, you know, practices of which, you know, eating and and, um, the ways that you're sharing a meal around a table, the questions that you're asking. And, you know, it goes again, it goes back to this. People are not projects or possessions. And you have to check your heart on this over and over and over again. If you're doing it to check off a box, you're not doing it right. Like no. people can sniff that out That's right. pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and truth be told, you may be eating with somebody who's not a believer, not a follower of Jesus, and the whole intention that God or His Holy the Holy Spirit has with that meal it is not necessarily to bring them to a service, to a church service. The whole intention may be shaping you Absolutely. in that. So instead of just focusing on, man, i got to save this person, Maybe there's some salvation work, some sanctification, some ongoing spiritual formation for you in that moment yeah. to humble yourself or to learn something you didn't know already um, or, to you know, whatever it is. But yeah. it's an opportunity for us to grow as well.
0: Yeah, dude. Uh, r- one really quick story. Uh, Annie Talbot, who's one of our community leaders, is another, you know, show, so she's...
1: Hospitality wizard. Yeah,
0: a hospitality wizard, uh, runs in the family. She's my wife's sister. Yeah. But one of the things that she's done, which I really appreciate, and we're actually going to do this here coming up for our Christmas party, but she's encouraging everyone to bring a dish that has a story behind it. Love it. And so it's just a cool way to, for people to share a meal together but also share a part of their lives. And so who knows what we're going to get in terms of <laughs> – our spread because um, we've told everybody to not share what they're bringing, just surprise us. Yeah. But I think there's some really cool opportunities there just to learn about each other through sharing a meal.
1: Yeah, bro. That's good.
0: So the the, the first S going from, so begin in prayer, listen, and engage, eat, and now serve. Yeah. So the breathe into this, and this is maybe something that could even tie back up to eat. I was yeah. thinking about this as you were talking, just the reverse, hospitality so breathing in let your network of relationship serve you first yeah this is hard one
1: this is let your
0: network of relationship maybe throw you a dinner party or invite you over for a meal instead of you thinking you have to do that what are your thoughts about that
1: (laughs) this goes for me my thought is uh Another shout out to a couple that was one of the first people to really disciple me intentionally. Their names are Carrie and Al Haney, mm. and they live in Gridley, Illinois. And when I think about reverse hospitality or letting somebody take care of you, they took care of me a lot in high school. They became spiritual fathers, you know, spiritual father, spiritual mother to me, and taught me what it looks like to be a missionary in the United States. But for whatever reason, this is hard for a lot of people. You probably know this about me. It's not as hard for me to let other people take care of me. I don't know why that is. I like to be taken care of. <laughs>
0: There's so much I want to say right now. I'm sure I'm there refraining. Is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like my neighbor a couple months ago, who's not a part of our community at all. Um, you know, we became good friends because he said, Hey man, I noticed, uh, your your wife's tires are kind of bald and my buddy was getting rid of some tires and I already kind of did them checked it out and his tires fit your tires. So do you want you want some new tires? Like reverse hospitality. I'm like, yeah, man, we'll take some free tires. Yeah. <laughs> so that day I took my boys and we went to go put them on for like fifteen dollars and got a brand new set of tires. That's awesome. So I'm saying that to say it can look a thousand different ways. It doesn't have to be somebody welcoming you into their home to eat with you. It, you know, it can be that. Sure. But it can also be a set of tires, or it can also be, I don't have a lawnmower. You know, Can I borrow your lawnmower? I, I had to go to over to a neighbor's house to be like, hey, I don't have a ladder. I mean, knock on your door and borrow a ladder. Mm-hmm. It can, this reverse hospitality piece, this letting other people take care of you is so yeah. un-American.
0: Dude. Um,
1: it is, bro. It's just, it's not individualistic. It's not pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's be weak for a second. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus sends out his disciples, what does he say? Like, don't take anything with you pack light. Trust Mm -hmm. that when you get to that town, God is going to already have people there that are going to take care of you. And that's how this mission is going to go forward. Absolutely. They're going to serve you.
0: Isn't that cool to think about it though, how that is serving other people, allowing
1: them to serve you, to serve you. Like,
0: you know, it's just whenever you're fighting, you know, you're, (laughs) what's the old, uh, Oh, like stealing somebody's blessing. Like you yeah. just stole my blessing. Like I wanted yeah, to bless man. you with this and yeah. you just, you didn't allow me to do it because yeah. you're prideful. Yeah. You know, and, and that's...
1: I'll be trying to buy somebody's coffee and they'll try to sneak in their cart, you know? Right. And I'll be like, hey man, don't steal my joy.
0: Yeah, don't steal your joy. That yeah. shuts them down every time. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good way to think about it. So breathing in, allowing somebody to serve, serve you. So we call this reverse hospitality.
1: Looking for that person of peace. Yeah. Just that person that's yeah. open. Uh, not only to the gospel, but to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So what's the breathe out? And the breathe out is meeting. So then you're just meeting the tangible needs that have been expressed through the natural relationships that you have. And so as you're listening to somebody and you're engaging with them, now you know how to best serve them in their context. Yeah. What What exactly do they need? Do they need another, you know... um, fruitcake. I, you know, probably not, probably not, <laughs> but, do it. um, so again, that goes back to like how we, and I've, we've, I, I'm sure we can spend the rest of the podcast talking about how the ways in which we've learned this through marriage, right? <laughs> I want to serve Sherry in a particular way that's best suited for me. Yeah, That's not how she receives love. And so I need to not just what's comfortable for me, but I need to learn what's, what's actually beneficial for her Mm -hmm. and how can I best serve her by doing something that is not meeting that need Mm. is not really loving. No, it's actually loving me.
1: Yeah. There's a great book called uh, CQ uh, cultural intelligence. It's Mm -hmm. by David Livermore. It's like a short term missions book. And he talks about the gap that we have when we go on these short term mission trips overseas Mm. that we think we're loving somebody else by doing all these things for them. But usually there's such a big gap to how they want to receive love and how we actually are giving love, and so it starts by listening. That's why it's yeah. so important that before you just jump in. you like, Man, I'm here to serve and all that. Like, begin in prayer. Mm-hmm. No, humble yourself. Listen. You may find out that the needs they actually need met are radically different than your pre-prescribed. Like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so a lot of this is incarnational, just like Jesus like lived in the East, near Eastern culture 2,000 years ago for 30 years before he started his ministry, asking questions, listening. Yeah. We find him you know, as a young adult or a kid, 12 years old, Luke 2, just in the temple, asking questions, listening. That's Jesus. And in that way of living, we're just trying to follow him and say, mm-hmm. okay, what are the legit needs around me? And I would also challenge us to think, not how can I meet these needs, but how can we- I was just hearing to say that, dude. Meet these needs together. Yep.
0: Absolutely. I think there's an opportunity here for all of our communities and people that are participating in our communities to be able to say, ask the question, you know, we ask it uh, every single week at the front end of, of our time together is gratitude and challenges, but even going a little bit further to, to ask the simple question of what is it that you need this week? Right. How can our, how can our community come around you this week? Yeah. And that's a, that's a big, big thing for us um, to do together.
1: Yeah, bro. That's huge.
0: Absolutely. All right. So the last S is what story, story,
1: story. Breathe talk in. It. Talking about the story of others, hearing their story, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll find when you ask—at least I have found—when you ask somebody their story, they immediately talk about their job. Here, mm-hmm. Here's what I do, you know, or they may they may get into here's who I'm married to, here's my kids. Um, but I would just encourage you to ask a couple clarifying questions before you move on to sharing your story. Ask them, be curious, like you talked about earlier. Mm. Be curious with their story. Say, oh, really? You're married to so-and-so. Where'd you meet him? How how did you get there? Oh, you went to such-and-such college. Oh, is that where you started? No, I actually did these three things before that. And like I said earlier, I would rather drill 200 feet down in that conversation and really get to know them before I start sharing myself. Because how often is somebody really interested. And I'm not talking about a manipulative method to, you know, get them to a point where now you can share all your story. Right. No, I'm saying it seems like Jesus asks a lot more questions than he gives answers. So be like him and ask a lot of questions about their story and be that safe place where people can bear their soul. And, and, you know, I've found even in an initial conversation, it's crazy how open people are when you give them that space. Cause who mm-hmm. else does? Like who else is that hospitable to actually welcome somebody else's story into their life and want to know about it?
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah, you know, I, I used to say this in student ministry quite a bit, in in doing leader trainings, as students go through their whole day being told what to do, do and how to do it. They they're instructed, you know, from a facilitator or a teacher to their coach, and and they just go throughout the day. Nobody ever hearing from them. <laughs> How are you? What's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. You know, asking thoughtful questions, seeing them, validating them, and those types of things, and and that just that sticks with us. And so we move from you know our sort of our childhood into adulthood, just expecting the same thing. Yeah, I work at a certain you know place. I'm told what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and and I go throughout my day, and and nobody's asking those really deep, considerate questions about my life. And there's more to me than just you know, punching numbers or whatever it is I do. I'm a, I'm a human being, not a human doing. And that's a really important thing for us to be reminded of, of how we would appreciate that about somebody asking us those questions. We can extend that to somebody and really get to know somebody's story through asking those thoughtful questions in a thoughtful way. And I love how you said that just, it's not a, we're not building something in order to then like, oh, now I get to do this now. It's like...
1: <laughs> no, actually i found the opposite. i found you create that kind of space and somebody's almost like, hey man, thanks. And then they just leave. And then, it. yeah <laughs> But, but I wanna, fine. I no, wanna, it's fine. No, it's fine. Because that's not why I asked. I didn't Absolutely. ask to get... But eventually, most likely they're going to ask you, and that's the breathe out. They're yeah. going to ask you to share your story and you then get to weave in the good news of Jesus's kingdom come. Mm-hmm. You get to weave in the good news of Jesus's death and his resurrection, and how that yeah. has completely transformed your story. You you just get to share that.
0: Yeah, dude, the whole gospel for the whole self. Yeah, and that's and that's a thing. Like, you we are moving from unbelief to belief in every area of our life, and we get to share that. We yeah. get to share like, hey, you know, here's where I was a non believer in my physical health. Yeah, I went from unbelief to belief. Like actually, Jesus has a space here in my physical health, or here's a here's a time where, you know, my marriage was on the rocks. I went from unbelief to belief in my marriage. Yeah, and that's a. I mean, again, going beyond just what we would typically think of as the the gospel expression of like salvific gospel, like Mm -hmm. Jesus died for my sins. Here's when I prayed the prayer. Yeah, and then I could go to heaven one day. It's like people care about that, I guess, maybe, but like they really only care about that through how's it actually transformed your whole life. Yeah, And are you looking more like me or, you know, are you desiring me to look more like you? And I think that's where, man, if I actually believe that Jesus has redemptive power in every facet of my life, my life should look a lot different. And people should be asking a lot of questions about what's going on. Yeah. And I get to share that story. And that's a very, very incredible thing that we and a responsibility that we get.
1: Yeah. To so proclaim. that's bless. Those are Absolutely. the blessed missional rhythms.
0: So begin in prayer, listen and engage, eat, serve, and share your story.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. If every single person in the body of Christ did that, what would that how how powerful would that be? if wherever we live or work, wherever we're learning, if you're in school or wherever you play, wherever your hobby is, if you saw that as Jesus sending you into that place and you didn't see mission as this other thing that you were doing Mm -hmm. on the side, but rather your whole life became missional on mission to bless others as you have been blessed. And I think the one thing I wanna say before we close is, you will be more effective as a missionary the more you learn how to embrace the radical love of God for yourself, first and foremost. So before you go out and really bless other people, I would say, are you at a place where you really understand your daughtership or your sonship, your Mm. belovedness? Do you understand the unshakable nature of the kingdom? Do you understand your identity? Because you can't make what you're not as a disciple. Whoever's around you will catch on whether or not this is just a spiel Oh, you just learned this blessed rhythm or whatever, or rather, you really believe that you're loved. Like, and from the inside out, the gospel, you can rest because your life has been recovered in Christ. It has been redeemed. You look forward to the restoration of all things. Like, you believe God's not just the creator, but He's the sustainer and He's active in every area of my life. Like, that good news exudes, it radiates. So,
0: man, uh, you know, a mentor in my life, he he would always frustrate me because he would say, uh, I would ask him how he's doing. ma'am, I'm just blessed. Just <laughs> blessed. I'm like, dang it. Why don't you say something else? But the reality is exactly what you're saying. He, dude, he embodied that. Mm-hmm. Like he lived a blessed life because he received the blessing. Yeah. And he was able to, he was able to outpour that in every area of his life. Yeah. Because he received it. Yeah. And you can, exactly what you're saying, you cannot output what you haven't taken in. That's right.
1: Yeah. And... Probably should have said this up front, but I I did a word study on the word bless Hmm. in in the Old Testament, New Testament, and it's actually an empowering word. And I think we've watered down the term a Mm -hmm. lot, like when somebody sneezes, bless you. We have no idea what we're saying. And it's it's an empowering word. It literally means if I say I bless Adam, Adam bless you, God bless Adam, what I'm actually praying is God empower Adam to be who he's created to be, to do what he's created to do, what you've called him and him alone to do. Both of those things, and so as we seek to live as missionaries, this is an empowering life. Dude,
0: that's a good word, man.
1: And so, for those around you who are picking this up, I'm so excited about like, say that the one Spirit. more time. I want, I want to bless. Yeah, yeah. So when I say bless Adam, I'm saying, God, would you empower Adam to be who he's created to be, and to do what he's created to do? It's an empowering word. That's why sometimes when I pray for somebody, a blessing over them, I'll lay hands on them. And that's in the New Testament, they'll lay hands on like a transfer of power from one person to another, authority even of, man, I want this power, this Holy Spirit power to enter into this person's life, to enable them to be and do what they're created to be and do.
0: Dude, I would love, you know, my prayer is that that exactly what you just said would just wash over every single one of these when I begin in prayer, when I listen and engage, when I eat, when I serve, when I share the story, all the breathe in, breathe out, that I am thinking and praying through exactly what you just said. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, bro. All right, guys. Much we'll love. We'll see you next
1: week. Yeah, peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.